Amen. Well, it's good to be back with you again and to be able to share the word here. We'll get this. I've been teaching faith for a long time. Uh, I teach people, I said, I began my teaching ministry 71 years ago. You say, you don't look that old. Well, my mother and father were attending Bible college at that time, and my mother said they used me as a baby to teach the other ladies how to change diapers. So I was the example. So I began my ministry way back there 71 years ago and raised in a Pentecostal home. Father was a pastor for over 35 years and was real good friends with R.W. Schambach. You know that name? Amen. They grew up together and we had that influence in our life, and I was raised in a family that we believed in God for everything. You know what I mean? Uh, I tell people when I went to school each year, we signed all the papers, you know, your information where it said physician, family physician. My mother always wrote Jesus. <laughs> he was our doctor, amen? I think, I think we had Band-Aids and Mercurochrome. That's the kind of thing we had in the house for our medicine. <laughs> Amen. Well, I've, I learned at an early age to trust in the Lord as my healer. And uh, I didn't know much about being blessed financially because, you know, we thought in our denomination that the poorer you were, the more humble you could be. I found it's just the opposite. The more God has blessed me, it, it humbles me. Amen. True humility comes that way. But anyhow, back in 1974, I believe it was, I was playing in a Jesus rock band. I'm an old rocker, what can I say? And uh, this is back when the charismatic move was going on. How many saw the, the movie Revolution? Yeah, good movie, amen. I was having flashbacks watching that movie. <clears throat> and uh, we were playing at a little coffee house up in Tower City, Pennsylvania. And uh, just a bunch of young kids there, you know, we were hippies, you know, worshiping God. And the lady that ran the coffee house gave me a whole series of books by Kenneth Hagin. I think he had like 21 or 22 at that time. And I started reading these books. I thought, where have I been going to church all my life? You know, the emphasis was on the power of the Word of God and faith in the name of Jesus and all that good stuff. And the first book I read was The Authority of the Believer. And man, it just changed my life. Amen? Some of you... I can had the same effect on you. Amen. Yeah, I always, yeah, I can't wait to get to heaven someday just to uh, thank that lady for obeying God and give me those books because it changed my life. And I've had the privilege to start many churches and just been all around the world. And she's going to get some of that reaping of that uh, reward. Amen. Because of her obedience. Amen. We do have some books out there on the table. Three of them, you can, on each one of them, it just describes what they're about. So. And I have another one on my computer. I need to get Barb pushing me to get it, get it off there and get it out there. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there today. There's so much to, to share on the subject of faith. And, but we'll, get, we'll do it. Amen. The Lord will direct our paths here. First Corinthians chapter 10. I use this as a text to get started here. There hath no temptation taken you. Again, that word temptation there is test, trials, tribulations. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Say it together. God is faithful. You'll find that term several times in the Bible. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation 
also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Again, living by faith is how you escape the tribulations and tests and trials that you may go through. Again, we're, we, we don't preach and teach you don't get them. We just go through. Amen. And God gets glory out of that situation then. God doesn't get glory because you, you have a test or trial. It's what you do in the midst of your test or trial. Amen. And, and he's not sending them on you to teach you something. If he was, we'd all be really spiritual. <laughs> Amen. But I know people that, that quit when they go through a test and trials. So it's not God. He wants us to escape these things. And living by faith is how we escape these things. We take the promises of God and we apply them in our lives and we latch onto it with our faith and we agree with what God has said. And that faith will what? Move a mountain. I said yesterday, you know, a lot of people use faith as a parachute to get them out of a bad situation. They get a bad diagnosis and then all of a sudden they want to know what some scriptures on healing. You know, you don't build a house during a rainstorm. I was in construction for many years. We, you know, we didn't work when it rained for, for the most part. You build a house when you're feeling good. Hallelujah. When you're not sick. No way that you have symptoms in your body. Are you with me? Yeah. Get into the word of healing now. Or whatever word of whatever you need, deliverance that you need. Get into it while you're now. Well, you, you can think clearly. Amen. And really make it part of your life. And just a little uh, extra nugget for you as well. Don't use it as a, uh, a parachute out of a bad situation. Now, God's merciful. And I said yesterday, just be glad I'm not God because I'm not as merciful as he is. You know, I, I expect a little more out of you than he does. But he loves us. Amen. And, and his mercy many times has come through where I sit back and say, hmm, I don't think I'd have done that for him, Lord, because they didn't deserve it. But, you know, none of us deserve it. Can I hear an amen? It's all by grace through, our, through faith. And what Jesus has accomplished for us. But faith, we said, must be based on knowledge. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Amen. Hosea 4, 6. We looked at another verse there uh, where it said that they were taken into captivity because of no knowledge. Knowledge is important. Especially revelation knowledge. Where the Holy Spirit gives you that word. Because you've been meditating on it. How many of you were ever in a church service where the preacher's preaching and all of a sudden the lights went on? You know what I'm talking about? You said, oh, I hadn't looked at that verse that way before. See, that's, that's the kind of revelation you need to have. That's, that's the rhema you need to have. When the Word of God is spoken in that fashion and the lights come on, you say, man, I, I know I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I get my testimony, and my testimony's not done yet, but... Over a year ago, I had a very, very nasty doctor's report. You know, not good news at all. But I refused to accept the doctor's estimate of my life and my body versus what God has said about my body. And, you know, the word works. You've got to have a good wife that encourages us as well. Amen. She made me put actions with my face. She had me walking around in the hospital the second day. I thought, come on, give me a break, you know. <laughs> they said, I'm dying, you know, let me alone here. <laughs> she wasn't going to let me go, you know. It's good to have someone like that and that will encourage you. Amen. Where am I at here? Based on knowledge, amen. 
You need to know, have that revelation. And I can't make you have that. You've got to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You've got to have a desire for that food. In fact, you need to speak over your life. Uh, someone yesterday, one of our speakers, talked about the eyes of your spiritual understanding being enlightened. You might know what you received as a saint in this inheritance of life. I pray that over my life all the time. I pray that over people that I know. In fact, many times, the, the Bible really doesn't say we should uh, pray for the sick. Brother Hagin used to say that. It says, lay hands on the sick. Amen? But there's, I get all kind of prayer requests, being a pastor many years, and I would say, Lord, I, I, I can't get to that person, but I pray that their eyes, their spiritual understanding will be enlightened, that they might know what they received as a saint in this inheritance, that they are already healed by the stripes of Jesus. Get that revelation to them in Jesus' name. And that you'll see it, God will get it to them. Amen? Pray that over people's lives and what have you. Anyhow, we talked about Sarah yesterday and, and Abraham. They're, they're some of our forefathers of our faith. And we mentioned how that Sarah laughed when God told her she was going to have a child. And it's, I think I said, I said, I believe God got a little offended because the next verse says, and they left. <laughs> you know, don't laugh at God's promises. Amen. God has said it. He will back it up. He's not a man that he should lie. Amen. He'll move heaven and hell to get it to come to pass in your life if you trust in him. And again, trust is built on relationship. Amen. You know, if I was picked up a hitchhiker and he said to me, you know, I, I got this great investment for you. I would think, yeah, right. Now, if Brother Dale came to me and said, I got this great investment for you. I might trust him. I said, might, you know. I'd be more apt to trust him than I, somebody that I don't know. See, how do we know God? By the Word. His written Word. Amen. By the Holy Spirit. Bearing witness with our spirit. We can know God. Amen. Either there's a, uh, I'll get this verse later on this week where it talks about uh, the Word of God comes down like the rain. And right before that, it talks about how the, God said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher. But he's talking to the wicked person there in that context. We're not the wicked people. God wants us to have his thoughts and his ways. That's why he gave us a copy of them in, in his word. Amen. So we can know what God thinks. Amen. Quit using that for excuse. In fact, the New Testament says that we fill with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. There's no reason for us to lack of, have a lack of knowledge. Amen. All right, moving right along here. Go to Mark, the fourth chapter. Mark, the fourth chapter. In this chapter, Jesus said this. He said, if you don't understand this one, you won't get the rest of them. <laughs> you don't get this parable, you, you'll have trouble with the rest of the parables that he taught. Give me a second, Mike. Mark, chapter four. Parable of the sower sowing the word. Verse 15. In fact, verse 14 says, The sower soweth the word. I'm a sower of the word. You are too if you're a preacher of the gospel. Uh, it's not my responsibility so much what happens to the seed. That's your department. What you do with it, what I sow to you is up to you. Amen. These are by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. 
How soon? Man, right away. Amen. And taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown amongst thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, enter and choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground. How many are good ground here today? You are. You come out on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. You got some, we got some good ground here. This is a great place to teach and preach. Amen. I, I, I've preached the gospel throughout all the world. I like this kind of setting more than anything else. The Bible school settings where people are there on purpose. You know, Sunday morning, people go to church because it's Sunday morning. But you're here on purpose. Nobody made you come here. You're here to hear the word. You're good ground. In case you thought you weren't, amen. Such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So again, we have different kind of hearts that receive what God has said. Now we know faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or that word there is the word rhema in the Greek language, which means a word that is spoken. And I, again, I believe you can get faith by hearing the preacher preach. We know that Paul was preaching and the man had, he said, I perceive he has faith to be healed. Well, he was preaching the gospel, it says. He's standing up on your feet and the man got healed. So faith came by hearing a preacher preach. But you know, faith also comes by hearing yourself preach. Speak the word and confess the word. Well, it was Dr. Roy Hicks. How many know that name? He was at Rama back when I was at Rama. came there for a week's teaching. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a good hearer. I listen. Ask my wife. I, I know sermons. I remember sermons. I just, I, that's my forte. I like the word being preached, and I remember things, and so I can preach them again. Hallelujah. Amen? <laughs> Nothing's mine's really original. Amen? Nothing's original. But he said this. He gave us this little example about the power of how you will hear yourself speak when you open your mouth. I'm going to give you this illustration in case you never heard it. I want you all to count to 10 in your mind. And when I say stop counting and say your name out loud, do that. Are you ready for this? Don't start counting yet. All right, start counting. Say your name out loud. What happened to your counting that stopped? See, you listened to what you say. You may not listen to what I'm saying, but you'll listen to when you open your mouth, you will hear what you say. Because you have an inner ear. You are a spiritual being. Amen? So that's the, that, we'll talk more about that later on this week as well. The importance of our confessions and why we confess the word, why we speak it out loud. Faith doesn't come by thinking. doesn't even come by praying, unless you're praying the word. Amen? But faith comes by you hearing the spoken word or the word rhema. Again, in, in a lot of theological realms, they say the word rhema is well, when that's when God gives you a special word. But you can get the rhema anytime you want it. You just start talking it. The lights will come on. And when you got a rhema, that spoken word from God, that you got it through meditation, you got it through hearing yourself speak, you heard some preaching, whatever, you got it. It becomes a reality to you where the devil can't steal that, like we read there in Mark 4th chapter with whatever he's throwing at you. 
persecutions, tribulations, deceitfulness, riches, whatever, he can't take that word from you. Amen? I'm preaching pretty good whether you believe it or not. Amen. <laughs> See, you know, that's why you need to, like Jesus, how did he resist the devil? He said, it is written. He opened his mouth and he quoted scripture. Amen. That's, the Bible talks about casting down thoughts, imaginations, and high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity, every thought that the obedience of Christ. That's our warfare we're involved in. I don't just try not to think about what's going on. I speak the word, and then I hear the word, then faith comes, and it moves doubt and fear out of my life. I take those thoughts of what God has said rather than what I'm seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling, the sense realm. In fact, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. You know, that word sight is the word sense realm or senses. Fred Price made that verse famous. Amen. <laughs> I remember years ago, we had Fred Price come to, our, to Harrisburg, and Dr. Condoli was holding the meeting that time, you know, Dr. Condoli. And he had me uh, receive the offering. I was so intimidated because Fred Price was sitting right in the front row there. And I thought, you know, I just, it intimidated me, this man of God, you know, faith man, hallelujah. Amen. Well, he's in glory now. Amen. But we don't live by faith. I mean, live by sight. We live by faith. Amen. <laughs> You're right. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to be like Mary in the Bible. What did she say when the angel brought the word to her? Be it unto me according to your word. If I find a promise in the word of God, I say it, be it unto me. You know, if somebody else doesn't want it, I'm going to take it. In fact, if you keep, we didn't keep reading, but there in Mark, the fourth chapter, he talks about, about the value we place on what we hear will determine how much we get out of what we hear. Again, when I go to a church service, I say, Lord, I, you, I know you don't waste seed, so anybody that want to, I'll take it. Sow it in my heart, I'll take it. Because I want a hundredfold on what I hear. Again, be it unto us. In fact, Mark 11, let's go there. We have to go there, amen, at least once or twice here. Mark 11, and this is the scripture Brother Hagin wrote. I do thank God that God connected me years ago with Brother Hagin and through Brother Copeland and all these other ministries. I've been a partner with Brother Copeland for almost since 1976. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're only five. You look a little, no. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I thank God. I, I also say, Lord, I just thank you. You brought me to a place where I had heard the faith message. And, you know, throughout the years, uh, I, there's been a lot of things that come through the church, different movements, and sometimes the people try to move you off of, into something they're into. But I'm going to dance with the one that brought me to the dance. This faith message brought me to the dance. Amen? I'd be dead today if I didn't know how to live by faith. I'd be poor. I'd be a miserable person. <laughs> but now I have the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty three. Let's start here in verse twenty two. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God. Now he had just spoken to a fig tree, and they were on their way into to Jerusalem. And 
what happened? He walked by the tree, and the tree had no fruit on it. And he spoke to it. And he, what did he say? Dry up from your roots. And it says the disciples heard him. So they go back into Jerusalem. They come back past that tree the next night, that night. Evidently, the tree didn't appear like it dried up yet because they didn't say anything about it. But the next morning, they go back into Jerusalem, and the, the figs have dried up on it. The tree, and, it and what Jesus did, he took the opportunity to teach these disciples how to talk to circumstances. You know, it's all right to talk to trees. You know, I don't know how many years ago, we, we live in the country, and we had a nasty storm. It was springtime of the year. had a big old black walnut tree. And it, was, it, it, it died and it needed to be cut down. <laughs> and uh, it was storming. The winds were blowing. And, and the Lord woke me up and said, you need to talk to your trees. I get up. I remember walking to the wind. I said, the trees in Jesus' name, you'll not fall against my house and, and bring destruction against my house. It was about 5.30 in the morning. I went back to bed. Laid there for a minute and also heard this crash. And guess what? A big tree fell down, but it missed my house. And the tree needed to be down anyhow, and I could cut it up. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, you know, you need to talk to trees. Storms. Did Jesus talk to storms? Peace be still. You need to talk to your body. Give your body a, a Bible lesson every day if it needs it. Amen. Talk to it. The book of James says, my whole body is turned about by my, this tongue and what I, what I say out of my mouth. I bless my body. I call it healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I call it healthy. I, always, here's, I say, Lord, I thank you. I'm healthy and I'm wealthy and I'm wise. You get those three things going, you have something going for your life. Amen. But you have to do this. In fact, in, in, uh, I wrote the scripture down in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Let's go to that verse here. I'm trying to not stick, to, stick too close to my notes and be more led by the Spirit here. <laughs> but as a Bible teacher, I like, it's good to have outlines because that way it keeps me in time frame. It's talking about the Israelites. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you need to mix faith with what you hear. Amen? It's important you speak the word. Again, we said if you don't know what the word says, you'll be hurt. That's why we studied to show ourselves approved. That's why, we, you know, years ago in the church we had all of these confession sheets out. Remember the confession sheets? I still have them. Amen? When I was going through what I was going through here this past year, we have them on our kitchen table there. That's my medicine. Amen. It be health to all your flesh. That's what Proverbs says. But you got to mix faith with what you hear. If not, you're just you're deceiving yourself. The Book of James says. Amen. That word Rama. I, I think it's um, who was it? One of the not W. E. Vine. Ironside. Not the guy in the wheelchair in the TV show. <laughs> But he has a commentary, Ironsides. And he says the word rhema is a picture of a man and woman leaving church talking about what they heard. I like that. 
You need to talk the word. Didn't God tell Moses, tell the, talk the word when you're on your way. Talk to your children. Put it on your doorpost. Keep it in front of your eyes. Why? Because faith will come as you hear the word spoke. Talk the word. I like to talk the word. I like to get around a bunch of preachers and talk the word. You learn that stuff. And if nobody's around, I'll talk the word to myself. I like myself. How many like yourselves? You know, you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Can I hear an amen? And I'm commanded to love my neighbor. So I'm, I, I learned to love myself years ago. If God loves me as, as much as he does, I can love myself as well. I get along with myself well. I don't need a whole lot of people around me. <laughs> what are you laughing for, Bob? You got, a, you got that same disease? Yeah. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Do we, I, didn't, I, I didn't get through there, did I? I started we got to read it anyhow. <laughs> Mark 11. He says, verse 23. I knew we'd get there. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, how many whosoever's we got in this house today? That's us. Shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Most people go to God in prayer, talking to God about their mountain, telling God how big their mountain is. Amen? Jesus said, no, you talk to your mountain. God will make sure it's moved. How's that? He, he will do his part. We have to just speak to the mountain. Say unto your mountain. Again, as the disease or whatever, a financial situation, whatever it is, speak to it. Tell it to be gone in Jesus' name. Amen? If you're a pastor and you have to, you have to as a pastor of a church, you have to speak over your congregation and bless them. You know? You're not allowed the devil to steal people prematurely. Car accidents and stuff like that. You've got to keep that word out there. Amen? No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we bring condemnation to it in Jesus' name. We're more than conquerors. But he says, not doubt in your heart. Now, that's where we all get in trouble because we all get tempted to doubt. And that's why you need to deal with your thoughts because your doubt will come to your thoughts, your sense realm. Like I said, we were us raised in a Pentecostal church. We were taught to believe God is a healer. But I, and I remember my dad preaching, you got to have faith, you got to have faith. But I thought, how do I have faith? Then I got some books by Kenneth Hagin. He told me how to get faith. It changed my life. I can get as much faith as I want. I can have little faith. You know that little faith that Jesus said, oh, you have little faith? That means short-lived faith. <laughs> he said, we're going to the other side. Just should have kept their faith and believed. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Let's go. They should have stood up in the boat and said that. You can have little faith. You can have great faith. How many will have great faith? You can have strong faith. You can have weak faith. Those terms are all in the Scripture. And what did Jesus say many, many times to people? He said, thy faith hath made thee whole. So your faith is important. But if you have doubt in your heart, and again, I'm a, as a teacher, I do, like a, do a lot of word studies. I, and I spend hours... Studying words. I, it's so nice nowadays just with the computer, just push a button. <laughs> I used to have books all across my desk and, you know, and all these 
translation now. Just push buttons. It just comes right out. That's pretty neat. We're blessed. Amen. But the, the, that word heart there is the word cardia in the Greek, which in my studies, I believe it's talking about the soul and your spirit together. We call that the heart. See, when you die, your body leaves your soul and your spirit. Your spirit and soul go to heaven or else hell. Amen. We know we're, we're headed. Amen. But that you can't have that differing inside you between your inner man and your mind. You've got to come to a place where your, your mind doesn't give you trouble anymore. And that's a process. I believe Sarah and, Ad, and Abraham had to work themselves through that. That's why it took almost 25 years for the finally saw the fulfillment of the promise. In fact, Abraham decided to try to help God out a little bit, didn't he? You know the story. <laughs> Had an Ishmael. You don't want to have an Ishmael. But see, our souls need saved. Do you know that James 1.22 says, Receive the engrafted word that your soul may be saved? Now, I always thought that's talking about people being born again, you know. We, my, we would say in the church, you know, we had three souls saved tonight. I was like, well, we should, now that I know what it means, we should have everybody's soul saved. My soul's always needed saving. Needs more saved. Amen? How do I get my soul saved? I got to receive the engrafted word. I got to receive it from my spirit when I hear the word, because it goes into my heart. And I got to receive it to my mind. How do I do that? I bring it up through thinking about it, through confession, to speaking the word, hearing the word. That's how I receive that ungrateful word that will save my soul. Once my soul is delivered and saved, amen, I'm on the way to receiving what God has for me. And my mind will not give me the trouble that some people struggle with. In fact, Romans 12, go there with me, Romans 12. I could quote all these verses, but I want you to see them in your, in your Bible or your iPad or whatever you have. I do like the iPad for preaching. I can get there quicker. <laughs> Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's talking about the word worship there. It's, it's part of our worship. Amen? Verse 2, And not, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, that word prove there is talking about us testing something that it becomes genuine to us or real. So you can, you can test the word of God when you get your mind renewed, when you start putting God's information in your mind. And for most part, especially, well, now for me it was easier because I was raised in, to believe God or the family. You know, we just trusted in God just about everything except money. <laughs> and so it was easy for, him, for me to, to trust him as my healer. And I taught my kids that to grow up that way. And, and they're that way today. Amen? But if you, come out, you weren't born again, you come out of an unsaved family, Man, you really have to go through some mind changing because the world has taught us the stuff doesn't work. Like I said, when I was in the hospital, they, they brought the psychiatrist to see me because I wasn't depressed. I wasn't crying. 
I filled out some paper. You know, I have no problem. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to live. I don't know where you guys are going to do. I'm going to be all right. See, it's up to you. Amen? But my mind didn't have the struggle that some of you would have if you got the same report I had given. I mean, I've been in, visited people in the hospital, and they were flipping out because of what the doctor said. And thank God for doctors. But, see, we have something greater than what the doctor says. It's what God has said. Amen? And I've learned to discern his body. Read that in First Corinthians 11, the chapter. He said, for some of the, he said, for this reason, some of you are sick and weak and dying prematurely because you have not discerned the Lord's body. And I believe that's a twofold sword there. I discern the body of Christ, and I treat you how I would treat Jesus. Hallelujah. And also, I see what he did for me on the cross. And by his stripes, <clears throat> I was healed. I'm not trying to get healed. I am the healed. Going someplace to be, to show off what God has done in me. And he gets all the glory out of it. And I've tested it. It's genuine. I've examined this, the word. And my mind's renewed. But I still have to keep it fresh. I said this yesterday. If you don't use it, you lose it. You've got to stay fresh in the word. Are you with me? Let's go to Numbers 13 here. We just, we, well, we're done time. I've got 15 minutes yet, so hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13, back here in the Old Testament. Old but good, amen? This is a story of the, Moses sending the spies into the promised land. Now, what did God have said? He said, everywhere your foot would trod would be yours. You know, I would give you wells that you didn't have to dig, houses you didn't have to build. I mean... Promised land. Well, today we live in the promised land of the New Testament. It's all that's been provided for us through Jesus. But it says in verse 25, these 12 spies went out and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came to the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. All right, that's what God has said. Nevertheless, <laughs> oh, I don't like that word, amen? Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites. Dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites, what kind of ites, amen? Dwell by the sea in the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Again, he was mixing faith with what he had heard. His confession was, God said it. It's our land. Let's go take it. But the men that went out with him said, we, we, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight." Again, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. 
where God has saw them, seen them as more than conquerors. In fact, they brought back an evil report. What's an evil report? Something that's contrary to what God has said. Amen? That's, there's, a, there's a verse in Isaiah 33, last verse in that chapter. It says, let not the inhabitants say, I'm sick. Barb knows this, my wife knows I refuse to say I'm sick. I wouldn't, like I said, I had this nasty diagnosis. I refuse to say that. Oh, I don't think it matters what you say. Oh, I think it does. Because if you believe something in your heart, it will come to pass. And I refuse. I've always been that way. I, just, I won't talk second disease. You're not going to get an organ recital out of me. You know what an organ recital is? <laughs> you get around some folks, they'll tell you uh, every operation they've had, how many this and that. And you're thinking, oh, God, Jesus went to the cross for nothing for you. Amen. You got to see yourself as God sees you. You are the healed. You are the prosperous ones. You know why he wants us to prosper and be in health as our soul prospers? Didn't it say in 3 John 2? If I'm sick and I'm poor, I'm not going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. If I'm sick, I won't feel like going. If I'm poor, I can't afford to go. So he wishes above all things, he said, that I would prosper and be in health even as my soul. There we are. Soul, the mind, the understanding is renewed. That's why I got to spend time renewing my mind so I think differently. And you can come to a place in life where you hear a negative report. You, your mind automatically goes to what God has said. It just automatically comes out of your spirit. And when it comes out of your mouth, you know, faith comes. And you have peace. And again, they, they think you're crazy. But you have a peace that passes all understanding that Philippians talks about. Amen. Again, we can't be like these ten spies that tried to calculate everything by what they had seen instead of what God had already said. We have to see ourselves as God sees us with the eye of our faith. Amen. And Matthew 6, 34 says, take no thoughts saying for tomorrow. See, that's how you take thoughts by saying them. You know, after a bit, you just don't. I tell people, you put some duct tape over, duct tape over your mouth. Your marriage will be healed. Your body will feel better. You have more money in your wallet than you ever had. We just, most people just, I said they have diarrhea of the mouth. They just spew it out. You need to be careful what you say. Because you say anything long enough, you'll believe it. Psychiatrists will tell you that. That's the principle. That's why we get it. God knows that principle. That's why he wants us to confess the word and speak the word, to agree with him and say what he said. In fact, uh, Philippians 4. Let's quickly go there. Philippians 4. Philippians. Just, I always say flip right over there with me, would you? Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. Amen? I, I preached it. Uh, I, have a, I have a message I call, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> yeah, I like this. I preached this in Siberia one time at a church over there. And I, I started whistling our, that song. There you go. And the whole church started whistling. I thought, how did they know this song out here in the middle of nowhere in Siberia? They knew it. <laughs> but you know, we're not to be full of worry. It says, be careful for nothing but in 
everything, not for everything, amen, in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then he says, here are some things that we need to think about. Again, think about things that are just, that are true, that are righteous, all this. Think about the Word, amen? How many remember uh, uh, Three Mile Island instance here years ago? How many are that old? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, be, we became famous. We had just started a church at that time. It was 1978, I believe it was. I was excited, man. Came back from Ramah. We started meeting together, and the church was growing. We had about 20 people. <laughs> it was growth in those days, amen? <laughs> and... And three miles happens. And man, everybody, I don't know about you, but most people were, were leaving the area. You know, they, it was a, a scary thing. You know, we did, first time something like that ever happened around here, the nuclear power. And uh, I remember laying in bed. It was nighttime. And we had prayed. We just believed God, you know, this is not, I said, devil, you're not going to melt down Harrisburg. God called me back here to start a church. You can't melt my city down. Are you with me? That was my argument. <laughs> Amen. But I'm, <laughs> I'm laying there in bed. I got a phone call from a friend out in Ohio, a pastor, that went to school with me. <clears throat> and he said, are you still there? I said, yeah. He said, I have a guy at my church that works with nuclear power. He said he would not be within 100 miles of that place. All right, so I, I said, well, I said, I'm talking real big faith. We prayed. It's going to be okay. Amen. Glory to God. It can't melt down. We're going to be fine. I hung up, and I laid there in bed, started thinking about it, and I started shaking. <laughs> My body literally shook. Fear is a horrible thing. I mean, that, that was a scary thing to tell someone, you know, 100 miles, and I was only about... 15 from it. Anyhow, <laughs> I said to my wife, we need to pray again. We begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, you, you pray in the Spirit. You're, it says you build yourself up in your most holy faith. Amen. And I felt that strength just pour back into my spirit. And we, we, stood, stood, we agreed and said, in Jesus' name, it will not melt down. And we yeah. just, and that was the last time I worried about it. Amen. And it didn't melt down. I'm not taking all the credit for it. There's other churches doing it. Are you with me? But, you know, I had to take control of my thought life. And if your mind's giving all that kind of trouble, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? There's a study done at uh, Penn, Pennsylvania University about speaking in tongues. I don't know if you saw that. It was an article in the Patriot News here a few years ago where they put monitors on students that were praying in tongues. Uh, they were speaking in, in her language, but when they started praying in tongues, the monitor went off. It wasn't registering. Because they're talking about spirit. Your spirit man prayeth. Amen? I, we don't do enough praying in tongues, do we? I don't know about you. I need to always... I try to pray in tongues every day. I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul and say, I pray in tongues more than y'all. He's from the South. Amen? From y'all. You guys are slow here today i got five minutes yet. Who will give me five more? No, I'm just teasing. But you need to think about how you're going to think about stuff you don't know. That's why you need to hear the Word. 
you know, we don't go to church to, to get some kind of good feeling. Thank God when the feelings are there. But I go to church to get some information, something to think about. So that I have something to deal with the thoughts that come against my mind. Because my sense realm is picking up all the time. I'll give you my testimony here tomorrow and one of the next days about when years ago the doctors said I had liver disease and how I dealt with that. I mean, it, it was crazy. You go home from the doctor and every commercial on TV is about liver disease. You know, he'll, he'll play with your mind. Sitting at a restaurant and the couple behind me were talking about someone died of liver disease. You better know how to cast down thoughts and imaginations. Those high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So you can bring them into captivity. Amen. Let's go to Jeremiah. I'll close with this verse. Then we'll let you off here. Back tomorrow we'll continue again. When I travel overseas, like to Russia, certain parts of Russia, teaching at Bible school, they get, they'll have me teach for four or five hours there every day. You know, you just don't run out of stuff. How about Brother Dale? There's so much in the Word of God. Jeremiah. Here's a good verse for you to uh, keep in mind next time you may be uh, troubled in your mind. I'm talking about here the way of, of escape. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. God likes to perform his word in our lives. He will speed it up, amen, to bring it to pass in your life. Now, I said earlier that Abraham and Sarah, they took them about 25 years so they really get to see the fulfillment of that promise. Could it be God had to wait till they finally got to the place that Abraham could not consider his own body anymore? See, if you try to get something on your own without trusting that God get all the glory, you can stop what God's trying to do in your life. That's what we, I like to teach, preach about grace. And, you know, it's not my works, it's what he's done. And finally, Abraham got to the place that he couldn't have a child on his own. He did before. He got Ishmael. <laughs> it wasn't his problem. He was blaming everything on Sarah. <laughs> Are you with me? I trust that's not you here tonight. Some of you are waiting for something to manifest, and it's not seem like it's manifest yet. Maybe it's because you need to back off with you thinking you have something to do with it. Let him bring it forth in your life. Because God doesn't like to share the glory, does he? He does not share it. He wants it all. And he deserves it all. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm going to stop here. Again, hope you'll be back tomorrow. Uh, again, get your mind renewed. Amen. I have a note, in my note, we all need to work on our master's degree. <laughs> Nude, renewed in his knowledge. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's, he helps us. He'll help you. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he get, helps us get through. That's all I know. And the Lord has gotten me out of so many tight situations throughout my life. It's neat. Amen, Brother Dale. Amen. Thank you, David. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Glory.